Who are the Mountain Meisters? Committing to the goal and galvanizing you and your team behind that one single focus. Being at peace with that fear and being okay with it. You gain a real appreciation for your life and for what you have. Learn about their extreme lives on rock, snow, and ice five days a week with your hosts, Russell Wilcox and Ben Shank. Hey, Meister fans. Welcome to Mountain Meister. This is Russell. Hello, Russell. Hello, Meister fans. This is Ben. Today on the show, we have Andy Periso. Andy is 22 years old and he resides in Grillon, Switzerland. He's been telemark skiing since 2009. That same year, he created a club called The Worst Crew with two of his childhood friends. His club films and takes photos of their extreme skiing adventures. As a professional freestyle telemark skier, Andy's sponsors include Bishop Bindings, Telemark Kerr, Panda Poles, Bergens of Norway, and Giro. So Andy, Ben gets pretty annoyed when I talk about telemark skiing, so luckily we have you on the show to talk about it the whole episode. I'm so excited. Could you tell the listeners what telemark skiing is exactly? So yeah, uh, telemark skiing is a type of skiing when your heel is not attached to your skis. It's just a different feeling. You're closer, closer to the snow. It's just a different feeling that you can have with telemark skiing. Why do you personally enjoy telemark skiing? Uh, I don't know. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a virus, pretty much. When you try it, uh, you, you don't really want to stop. I don't know why. It's like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. It's definitely addicting. Yeah, so you take telemark skiing to a whole nother level. You're a freestyle telemark skier. Why would you even think of doing that? Um, the fact is um, I've stopped skiing in 2009, so I don't really want to put my skis again. So I used to, to park skiing, so I just keep doing that, but with Telemark. That's how it started, and now I feel like there's some some tricks that you can do with Telemark skiing, and you cannot do that with, with just skis. So you haven't alpine skied since 2009? Yeah, Wow. Uh, maybe maybe one time. And you probably hated it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, not hated it, but it's just boring. I have alpine skied my whole life. And this past, what was it, February, Russell forced me to try teleskiing. And I've always kind of wanted to try it, but never really had the opportunity. So I did try it, and it was a challenge. There's a lot more work that you have to do to make your turns. I enjoyed it. Russell is incredibly passionate about it. So why is it that out of teleskiing, alpine skiing, snowboarding, it seems like the tele crew is the most passionate? Yeah, probably because it's still a, a small amount of people. So maybe people are more connected. There is no Texan doing telemark. So the people who do that that's pretty much their passion. Yeah, and just to kind of go back to what Ben was saying, he tried telemark skiing and he picked it up in the first like three turns. He apparently has these huge tree trunk legs, I which do. he claims are from squash. I have enormous, I have a lot of trouble fitting into pants. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying that you started this club called The Worst Crew. And I guess when I think of clubs, I think of a bunch of people loading into a bus, driving like two and a half hours to go skiing with each other. And they don't really want to ski with each other. They just want to do it so they can get a discount at the ski area. <laughs> what does a club mean to you in Europe? 
the basics, it's pretty much a bunch of people going a bus and going to a different resort. But I don't think they don't want to ski together. They just want to go have fun on the slopes and then go down, take a beer or I don't know what. So the the basics, it's pretty much what you said. Mm-hmm. Now, what does worst stand for? Because you spell it W, like it's an abbreviation or a uh, an acronym for something. Yeah, it's an acronym for we often ride snow on Telemark. Oh, very good. I like that. <laughs> and I'm surprised that it's not in French. There's something you, you have to know about Europe and French people. They use a lot of English world and it's more trendy uh-huh. to use mm. English words. So pretty much everybody use English words. Even somebody get go get a tattoo or something, it's probably going to be in, in English. Huh. Oh, wow. The only French I know comes from... Muzzy, the Muzzy tapes. Russell, do you know what Muzzy is? No idea. It's this old school translation software where you would put an audio cassette tape in. And the only thing I know is Je suis la jeune fille. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's been like, I'm a young lady. Yes. Oh, that's, what like it that. is. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> so, your club, I guess, what do you guys actually do? Why do you call yourselves a club? First of all, we organize trips in other resorts. When there is a telemark event somewhere, we organize a bus and and we just go there, a bunch of people, to, I don't know, ski and meet some people there. Uh, That's the first part of what we do. We also organize every year in my hometown, uh, which is Grillon, an event called the Telefest. And at this event, we let people try Telemark for free. So the shops of the the town help us. They let us borrow skis and shoes and everything. And we take all the stuff to the snow and we let people try for free. So do they get pretty into it and decide to buy after that? Maybe not uh, the first time, but it happens uh, often that people... After that, go and rent Telemark for maybe, I don't know, two days. And after that, they start buying stuff and they, they restart Telemark. Maybe maybe not after the first hour of Telemark. You maybe don't want to buy a, a five or six hundred <laughs> boots. <laughs> now, I'm happy to hear that you're showing people telemarking because I was really happy when Russell introduced me to it. Maybe you can help me out. One problem that I was having when we were teleskiing is that once I started to move forward and my weight went more and more forward, I couldn't do anything. There was no going back after that. So is there any way that I can save myself from flopping on the ground or should I just embrace it and go into a graceful somersault? So the first year you're probably going to be through a graceful summer, (laughs) I don't know what, because you you just have to train because there's nothing to say or to do. Just have to train, and then you you can keep your balance. So you're at a whole nother level of telemark. You're hitting jumps and doing these crazy tricks I would never even dream of doing. What does the training look like? We saw a few videos of you hitting jump after jump and just crashing every time. Is that basically <laughs> what the training is? For me, it's pretty much that, yeah. I tried to not do stupid things i don't know how to say that but too big for me i try to not doing that kind of stuff but what is too big for you it's not about the size of the jump it's more about the 
number of rotations. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> I was watching your videos, and I think it's really great how you show a lot of the wipeouts at the end. First of all, it's really entertaining, but also a lot of times people don't see what kind of effort goes into those jumps and how you have to fail, fail, fail until you succeed again. So I liked how you put those falls in at the end. Yeah, it's pretty much like in, in every sport. I mean, extreme sport, for being better, sometimes you, you have to fall. Yeah, I saw this one video of you and you hit this rail and it looks like it's going okay. And then you fall pretty hard and you actually dislocate your shoulder. What did you think of your friend that just continued filming you and didn't help you? <laughs> there was two friends. One, one, one helped me and okay. one filmed. So, so I, w- I was okay. <laughs> so what happens when you dislocate your shoulder? It's kind of strange because it's something I've been doing the whole day. And I was night skiing at uh, Brian Head Resort. I take this rail. I don't know, fall off this rail. I, I try to put my arm to stay up and something goes wrong. I don't really know what, but yeah, dislocated my shoulder. And my friend Christopher Urit was there. And he put my shoulder back into place. So <laughs> that, that was pretty <laughs> interesting story to tell. <laughs> was it pretty painful, though? Not really. Wow. Like uh, the week after that, yeah, it was pretty painful. But when you ski and your body is, uh, I don't know, warm, it's not that painful. It's more the, the weeks later. More recently, I saw a few videos of you at the Big Mountain Telemark competition at the Grand Targhee Resort in Wyoming. I wasn't really sure what to expect first looking at it. There was big mountain skiing, so I assume that you're going to hit cliffs. Then I see almost every person launching front flips off of these 30-foot cliffs. (laughs) Is that the kind of thing that you do in these competitions as well? I try to ski the same way as I ski in the park, which means I'm not going gonna go for something too big for me just because it's a competition the goal it's to land on your skis so i don't see the point of just throwing something out a cliff and land on your butt so that's not really the type of things i do but jumping cliff yeah (laughs) could you go off a cliff that's 30 feet high and land on your skis and it just looks like it hurts so much right when you land what why why? It just looks like your body just explodes and then they start <laughs> skiing out after that. It doesn't hurt your legs at all to, to jump 30 feet and land in snow? I think it's about training too because you get used to absorb these trucks. Now, I've seen telemark racing, similar to alpine racing around the gates except you're tellying. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you have to do tele turns when you're racing? Yeah, that's funny because there's a, a couple of things which are not the same as a uh, alpine skiing. First of all, you have to do a telemark turn. And in the middle of the, the course, there is a jump. There's a jump? Yeah, there's a jump. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> After that, all the way to the bottom, there is a, a loom called a loom. It's a 360 degree turn. You have to go into that. And then there is a last part. It's a uh, skating, like cross-country skiing. There is a, I don't know, maybe 100 meters of cross-country skiing at the end of the course. That, actually, that sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Where are these competitions held? I want to sign up. Uh, there is one in, in Steamboat uh, World Cup, if you want to go there one time. <laughs> I'm sure Russell would love to go there. Russell loves tele-skiing. He has no problem talking a lot about it. <laughs> 
So at the SIA show, you were helping out this company called Mir Skis, and they actually brought you into their shop in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. And you made this awesome video of making skis and all the different operations that goes into it. Once you had actually seen it be done and maybe made a few yourself, did you appreciate skiing anymore? Yeah, that was really interesting to see how how to build a ski. I mean, they have not a lot of technical machine or I don't know what. They're just building skis with their hands. So that was pretty interesting. Did it make you want to make any of your own skis in the future? Oh, yeah, I would love, like, build skis, yeah. What kind of materials go into a ski? That's hard for me in English, but... um, (laughs) Good point. Wood for the car and plastics and the edges... or in, in steel. Yeah, and then there's a big press that squishes it all together. Okay. Yeah, with uh, epoxy glue. Cool. So you're on this 321-day trip. That's almost a year. No, that's not quite a trip. That's a lifestyle almost. Um, <laughs> how do you go about just skiing all year? What supports your traveling? I used to repair braces. I'm a mechanic. I used to work three years uh, for save money. And now I just take a year off, chase the winter and spend my money. So I, I don't really have anything else now. So do you go through the cycle of year of working and then you use that to then support yourself for a year of skiing? Yeah, I've started doing that. So do you think that uh, this club where you're making these videos, do you think that that could potentially turn into your full-time job? Probably not into my full-time, but maybe take the winter off and keep skiing in the winter. It could happen. I don't know yet. Maybe. Is there anywhere else that you watch freestyle telemark skiers for inspiration? There's a, a bunch of people in the United States as well, like 10 people maybe that I know who can go pretty big. When you start knowing somebody, you can see his photos and his video and you're like, oh, this guy can do that. I probably can do that too. So that's that's how it works. Do they have any yearly big movie productions where telemark skiing is featured? We cannot talk about a big movie production, but the biggest movie production is probably Telemark Skier Magazine, who do every year a, a, a movie. It's not a big production, it's just a movie, because there is no big production or big industry in telemark skiing. <laughs> It's pretty much every time just a bunch of people who who want to do something, so they do that. Andy, you ski for Bishop Bindings. What is different about Bishop Bindings than other bindings? I used to ski with uh, other bindings, and I think in three years, I've broke maybe four or wow. five pairs of bindings. Wow. So the biggest change for me is to not change my bindings every two weeks. So it's a pretty durable binding, and so that that's the biggest difference. It's about how strong the binding is, and there is also um, another good point. It's that with one binding, you can have several pair of skis because you just need a binding plates, and you need maybe three minutes to do the switch to a ski to another. That's the two big point. I saw them at the SIA show, and they just look super rugged. They're made out of only metal parts where. Most Telemark bindings have some sort of plastic or also cables in them. I'm very impressed by them. I got to definitely get myself a pair. The other thing that I found was interesting with Telemark skiing is how much more comfortable the boots are. 
<laughs> uh, I'm used to a stiff Alpine boot, and that was great to get into a nice comfortable telly boot although i will admit that i mean let's be honest the best part of the ski day is the apres ski so when you get yeah. to take off your boots the more painful they are the better that moment is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when you have tremac boots you can go into the apres ski with your boots which is a good point because you you gain some time yeah. okay yeah you don't fair, have to fair take enough off your boots <laughs> So on this 321-day ski trip that you have, so you've gone to the United States. Was that the first stop on your trip? Yeah, that was the first stop. For two months, I've been there in Colorado, but I've been in uh, Utah, in Idaho, in Wyoming. I was pretty much every time for skiing. So Now you're in New Zealand. What does the skiing look like in New Zealand for you over the next couple of weeks? I would start skiing probably in five weeks because the season start june the first so i'm not skiing right now what are your plans till the ski season starts uh just english school right now after that i gonna have one month to travel around new zealand and just see the country and after that i will start skiing so what's the next stop after new zealand it will be australia but not gonna be for skiing very cool. I think it's a really neat lifestyle to go hard and then live minimally and then use it and travel around the world. It's very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Andy. Everything that we talked about, including uh, your club, The Worst Crew at theworstcrew.com. Anyone can check out. Uh, it'll also be on our website, mtnmeister.com. Also, feel free to see uh, Andy's ski blog at 321daystrip.wordpress.com and uh, you can see him on his adventures as he's going. So thank you so much. Thank you guys uh, for like, let me talk and talk about my passion and what I do. That's that was really cool. Thank you. Hey, Meister fans. Thank you so much for tuning in to Andy Perizzo's episode. Ben and I are continuing the Meister must-have giveaway, so check it out before the gear runs out. All you have to do is share one of our episodes on Facebook and tag us. Very easy. It can be this episode. It can be our first episode. Doesn't matter. Pick your favorite one. Join us next time when we have Chris Devlin Young on the show. While he was serving in the Coast Guard, Chris's plane crashed into a mountain in Alaska. Hear how his life transformed and he has turned that into dominating the sport of para-alpine skiing. 